0: I'm Josh Alvarez, and you're listening to episode 59 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks! Yeah, a nice tuxedo. I don't have a tuxedo
1: all.
0: Dude, it's radio. You totally have a tuxedo.
1: Oh, it's the end of the year, It's, so. the end of, it's our end of the year celebration. Let all acquaintance <laughs> I will be say forgotten. say you look really still beautiful tuxedo. In <laughs> I think you don't know the words in the of this song. You forgot <laughs> and eat some humble pie. Is that in the words? No, I
0: don't know what the Man. words are. Yeah, I only know that song in Tagalog, so like, you know. Do you know what? Oh no, my God. that's totally a lie. Oh, that's totally shit. a lie. <laughs> you make all these Philippines jokes. I know, you know, poser. but really,
1: I'm an English-only Pinoy.
0: Yeah. an EOP. Are you
1: actually totally English-only? I didn't know that.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I know what people are saying when they're talking to me in Tagalog. Because typically it's when I'm in trouble and it's typically my mom. Sure, sure. But if I were to be at, like, say, the mall and an old Filipino couple were to walk by talking to each other in Tagalog, I would know exactly what they're saying. But when I try to speak it, I don't sound Filipino at all. I sound like a white guy trying to speak Tagalog.
1: Well, that's fair. I mean, I'm like that. I would be like that with Spanish. I mean, for me, uh, I. Uh, recognize all the words in uh, Tagalog that are Spanish right, words, right, Those right I recognize. And I recognize individual Spanish words. Like if I'm reading something, yeah. I could be like, oh, this means this, this means You're that, like, this oh, means this. But when, but when someone says oh, the actual language at me, my brain goes, no. <laughs> Even though I know individual words, right, and if right, I really right. like listen to them parsed mm-hmm. out each word, I could... Probably piece together the general meaning with some exceptions. I mean, I don't know it well
0: enough to know every word, but I know right. a lot you, of. Do you know it well enough that if you're in espana you'd like not die?
1: No, I still think I don't know it well enough for that. I I would know enough to be like, okay, I think this is a restaurant. I think I I think this is what's on the menu, but I wouldn't I wouldn't know like if I was in an emergency, right. I'd just like yell something or it'd be like, <laughs> I would my brain I can't form it, I can't make words with it, like I can't form thoughts in Spanish. Right. And when someone is speaking Spanish to me, unless they're speaking exceptionally slowly, even right. the words right. I even the words I know. Cause with you know with Spanish, I don't know if it's like this with with uh, Tagalog? yeah I don't know if it's if, if there's the same issue with like um, parsing as to person and whatever. Right. Like the word I can remember the definition of the word but the ending that lets me know uh, the what gender the, and all this. Yeah. My brain just goes, no. <laughs> You're so post the binary that you can't speak in gendered words. Yeah, let's say that's why. Man. Let's say dude. it's not because I'm so fucking American that I can't handle <laughs> You can't handle it. You know, no, word. let's pretend it's I because You're I think. You're so progressive. That's what, that's I mean. what it is, yeah. Definitely. I've deconstructed the gender <laughs> in someone else's language. Not in my own, but yeah, in someone no, else's no. language. Well, you gotta start with someone else. Amen. All change starts with someone else. Yo, heal the world. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you're listening to episode... 59. 59 of the old CinePunks. Yeah, I, man. Uh, do we want to start by acknowledging a recent development in the life of Cinepunks? Uh Sure we could. Do you not want to? We can bring it up. No, party. we'll bring it up later. We'll right. bring it up later. Well, the only reason is because I wanted to... Uh... All I want to say is this.
0: Slacks Hoagie Shack on Ar- Aramingo Avenue, you do the best. Is that what you
1: thought I was talking about? Because yeah. it's so clearly not in so clearly any way, what shape, or form. I love burgers. Dude, what are you. I have no oh idea. Gosh. Oh, you're talking about the the, the pe- oh, Of yeah, course, yeah. I'm talking about the preacher. How can about... I possibly be talking about anything else? You are such an insane <laughs> yeah. person. You are literally the craziest person I, I, yeah, I've ever met in my life. true.
0: Okay, fair, fair. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm 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 being a little mean, but the, the, it's just funny to me because I definitely was not talking about that. I was acknowledging the new the new update in the life of Cinepunks, Cinepunks is that we have a Patreon. Yeah, we took our cue from various cosplayers. God damn it! You got to make everything bad for me. What? That's how I heard about it. Was from cosplayers, that's from, how you From heard people it. at the New
0: York Comic Con talking about, oh, no, I have a Patreon, and then I, I get dressed up at <laughs> Comic Con. Well, some of us heard about it not from cosplayers. Where Where did you hear about them?
1: Every fucking podcast in the world. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, it's not true. Uh, all, this, all the big names sponsored, your, your panoplies, your maximum funds, they don't have Patreons. But yeah. uh, those of us who are sludging it out here yeah. on our own. <laughs> you know, who, who don't get to record in an actual studio and shit. Yeah, we
0: should make one of the reward levels for, for our Patreon that we, we Comic-Con, or uh, we uh, cosplay a <laughs> character of your choice.
1: <laughs> We're going to
0: cosplay? I don't know. That's only, again, my only reference to Patreon was from cosplayers. All right. Well, Comic-Con I'm going you, to I'm gonna need you. There, right? I'm going to need
1: you. I'm going to need you not to speak anymore. Okay. okay. If that's you, probably fair. It's, I, I don't know if it's up there yet. Doug is trying to add the Patreon stuff to our website. So we launched a Patreon. Right at the time when Doug Tilly was visiting his family in, uh, whatever, some horrible place in Canada that he's from. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? He's from what, what's the, what's the easternmost island that's like a rock and nobody uh, was there? Newfoundland? I believe it's pronounced... Newfoundland? Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Whatever. Where Doug is from, he doesn't have a lot of internet access and he didn't have access to his laptop. So I launch this thing and I'm like, hey Doug, you want to put the buttons on the website? And he's like... I can't do that right now. now. And I was like, oh, that was bad planning on my part. (laughs) I just wanted to get it up before Christmas. So we have a Patreon now. And the way the Patreon works is, look, this show is free. It's always going to be free. But we can do more stuff and we can offer you more if you sponsor us. And so the sponsorships run from $1 a month. To $50 a month, yeah. which no one's going to do $50 a month, but if you did, that'd be fine. It'd be so funny. If, if you did. did it for, like, three months, you would still get the thing, so that would also <laughs> be good. Um, so the idea is we're hoping to get enough people to pledge so we get up to $100 a month. That'll help us pay people who are writing for the site. It'll help us buy better New equipment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we and, if, and we have the ability to expand, like, if more money comes in than we plan for. Which is always a possibility. Right. We can maybe rent space that multiple people can record in so all of our podcasts sound good. Yeah. We can have events. We have a bunch of venues that we can start booking CinePunks events at, which would be really great. And then we can—and that's not just for Philly people. And then we can record more live episodes, and that would be yeah. a lot of fun for everybody. Uh, but on the Patreon, there's a bunch of benefits. Like if you sign up for this level, you get a shirt, you get a shout-out, you get whatever. Mm-hmm. If you sign up for this level, whatever, whatever. So um, You're already up to seven supporters. Yeah, we're up to seven, which uh you
0: which know is awesome. F- no, I think for mind.
1: for us, for me, I'll, I'll just name it. For me, I was like, Oh man, only seven. And then I talked to people who actually have patrons, they're like, Bro, it just doesn't happen overnight. It's yeah. not like you put it up there and five hundred people are like, Oh, I've just been waiting to give you my money. Like
0: that's <laughs> I'm not quite sure that my last six to ten bands have not had seven fans. So, I mean, for me, I'm at the burgeoning cusp
1: <laughs> of, of stardom right now. So, uh, on the rewards, there's certain rewards you get for certain levels. Right. And in theory, yeah. only certain people get shout outs. But my feeling is look, um, everyone who pledged, I'm going to shout you out because I'm just so happy that anyone pledged yeah. that I just, we're going to let the exuberance carry. And then other people will get multiple shout outs and we'll also. Endorse your thing. If you have a thing you right. want us to promote, there's a level where you pledge, and then we'll talk about your shit like you're All a fucking. The time. There's another thing. You'll where be I, you'll be like our Burger King or something. If, if
0: you pledge a certain amount, I will write you a song
1: and record it. A song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be about you and can, your life. Can, can we go back to where I brought this up and you thought I was talking about free hoagies? This really fun. <laughs> okay. I love hoagies. Okay, so let me just okay. say uh, big up to. Uh, let I'm gonna. So I know this person's real name, but I'm going to say because the Patreon thing is under Graveyard Shift Sisters. Ah. Uh, they are that's a website that I pledge to. I actually support them on Patreon. Nice. And now they support us, and they've been posting about us. Uh, and that's uh, uh, Ashley and uh, a lot of other people. Now it's not just her, but a bunch of people write for the site. But I just want to say, if you haven't been to Graveyard Shift Sisters uh, dot com, go check them out. That's like they're a awesome. Full endorsement. Also, an organization that supported us but they're only going to get this one shout-out because they only pledged a dollar, is the Farsighted Podcast. Yeah, uh, that's what's our up man Justin, Justin Harlan? Harlan. Uh, here's the thing. Me and Justin have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> it's <laughs> mostly hate, but there's some love in there, too. Uh, to
0: quote Liam O'Donnell,
1: Justin Harlan dresses like he listens to Scott. The thing about Justin Harlan is <laughs> that he does also listen to Scott. It's not just that he dresses yeah, like it. It's great. He dresses On so to so many much. levels, it's so wonderful. It's terrible. Truly. Um, the thing with Justin is that uh, he is one of these people who is very uh, prolific in writing about movies now and he's really involved in that scene. Yeah. He's connected to a lot of different movie websites and he's really become a part of it. But I still feel like he has terrible taste. And so <laughs> we just butt heads all the time. And I have to take it seriously. When he first started telling me his opinions on movies, he wasn't really writing as much about movies. He was writing more about music. Right. So I didn't take his opinion seriously and it, I we were real buds. But now he has like multiple platforms on, on which, which he, to say things like, the witch is the most overrated movie of 2016. Eat shit and die, man. Yeah, well, I mean, movie, don't me wrong. Movie don't case
0: Notwithstanding, I thank you for your money. I feel <laughs> as though Justin Harlan is like the white composite of myself. Like if I were a big white guy instead of big brown guy, I'd be Justin Harlan. I don't think
1: you listen to enough bad Christian rap to qualify, <laughs> but but. But, but, sure, if you want to if you want to own that, no, but but you guys should check out the far of podcast, yeah. even though technically a dollar is not actually enough money for us to endorse your project. <laughs> I love Justin enough that' like I, <laughs> enough,
0: I, you love him enough, yeah, his genius,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. If y'all pledge I will be much nicer to you than I am to Justin Harlan. <laughs> this is just our relationship. We've developed this real adversarial thing. <laughs> the
0: funny it. thing about it is Justin Harlan's our only fan. <laughs> He's the only one I talk about. He's oh the no. We
1: have, about the we, show have, with. we have lots of fans. Yeah, I know. It's but Justin's the only one who actually responds to us on a regular basis. <laughs> like, everybody else, like, I'll see someone and they'll be like, oh, I listened to the latest episode. It's good. But they don't, like, tweet about it regularly. They don't post about it. Every episode, Justin has a comment. Usually making fun of me. But at least it's something. If, <laughs> it's if Seriously, if you listen to this podcast and all you want to respond to us on the internet is to make fun of something I said, great. I will take the internet traffic. <laughs> uh, I also want to say what up to Jeff Thighball. Ah, oh, awesome. My man pledged. He's the best. He got us those uh, those um, what are they called the, bumpers? The, the bumpers for our business. business. Jeff, if you ever want to get any bumpers for Cinepunks, that's cool. But I get, hard business is really your love, and that's fine because hey man, we're one horror. we're one big family here, and yeah. uh, it's all the same thing. All for one. Uh, my and friend, one for horse. my friend Katie Mulligan uh, pledged some money. Um, Katie, I don't think you have anything for me to endorse. Uh, if you want me to talk about your blog, hit me up, and I will talk about it but I don't know if that's something you want the whole internet to know about (laughs) the whole internet because our audience is that. I don't don't know if that's something I don't know if
0: you want Justin Harlan to know about your blog I don't
1: know um... if you want the 400 people who listen to this show (laughs) to know I keep saying I think what's funny about saying four hundred is that some people are gonna hear that and they're gonna say like uh he's he's overestimating and other people are gonna hear that and go, Oh like, no one no one listens to this thing. Uh, and no one will know that that's the literal number. Like the literal number is four hundred. I'm not I'm not I'm not being down on myself and I'm not overhyping us. No, four hundred is, is the what exact it is. number. Hard stop. Hard uh, stop. Also big up to Samantha uh, so Samantha, I don't know how to say your last name. I'm gonna say Shape Burger. Shattenberger. Uh, everything everywhere I say it sounds like poop, and I don't mean cool. to do that. S-C-H-A-I-T-B-E-R-G-E-R. Um, I don't think I know you in real life, uh, so thank you for pledging, and you seem really great, and I appreciate that. Also, James White. Do you know James White? I don't know. Okay, well, big up to James White. James White. Good yeah. work, man. Yeah. Wow. You know what? People I, seriously
0: pledged. I, yeah. Again, given my technological ineptitude, I don't know how
1: to check to see who pledged for us or whatever. Well, you don't have the law. I didn't, you're not, I don't put you in charge of any yeah, you're internet smart, related stuff. Because you're so smart. That's what That's what it boils down to. You're like, I mean, here, No, let's, let's, let's clarify something too. Because people were like, well, you know, what about Josh whatever? The more money we get, we can do live events. If you think I'm booking these live events, that's never going to happen. Josh is in charge of all live events. I'll, I, I'll make sure, like, we have a guest. I'll post about it on the internet. Right, right But Josh right. will coordinate all that stuff. So don't think it's just Liam doing all the things. But when it comes to the Patreon, like, I don't want Josh, you know. I have no idea what I'm doing. He's not going to know how to log in. It's a like whole thing. Uh, and then finally, and this is the only shout out she'll get. Because I just have to, but she did pledge, and it's embarrassing, but here it is. You guys get is it to, your mom? Guys get to know my business. My mom pledged. Yay! My mom is one of our sponsors. <laughs> or I, I guess it's not really sponsor. I guess you just say patrons, but. Does your mom listen to us? So, uh. Does your mom listen to all the horrible things that I say? I think my mom listens to us. Oh, no. I don't know that they listen. As regularly as some other people, partly because they're not interested. They they yeah. want to support it because I put time into it. Right.
0: But they don't really care about what we think about.
1: Uh, yeah, there's been episodes they've liked. And there's been episodes uh. that they were like, it's fine, whatever. But I think also they don't have the attention span, I don't think. <laughs> it's a long show. I mean, It is. It there are some shows that are like 20 minutes. Right. And that's great. I, I'm. This is just my personality. When I listen to a podcast at 30 minutes, when it's over, I go – god damn i wish that was longer right like that's who i am right so uh yeah that's so we do an hour and a half to be fair i also own the only podcast i listen to that's more than an hour and a half where i don't get annoyed is the broadsheet breakdown big ups yeah to those, those guys. guys are awesome we love them they're great um their podcast is like two and a half hours and it's twice a week yeah it's twice a week they, i think i can't tell but my guess is they just get together on one night and they record for five hours. I have no idea. It feels like that's what they do is yeah. they record they record once a week and then put them out twice a week. I don't right. know. But it's still more than we're – I mean we're – yeah, three years we're on episode 59. Yeah. Clearly we're not recording. We're not on some as type as... of hard schedule. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, we're we do doing, what we can. We're doing what we can. Hey, man. Do what you can. Yeah. Each to his own so, right? So that was a bunch of time, but it was worth it to me. Please support us on Patreon. Again, Dude, thank you, you so much pledge, to all the
0: supporters as well. You, you
1: can pledge $1 and you'll get something. Something comes with that. That's right. not uh, an empty pledge. And we don't love this. This isn't the best thing. But if you say, hey, I'm willing to pledge $3 for like three months, and then I'll stop pledging, that's fine, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just check. Some of the rewards only come after a certain amount of time pledged. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, pledge for that amount of time, and then stop, that's fine, too. We Reality, also had so
0: much fun coming up with the rewards. You know. It was I, so ridiculous.
1: Honestly, and let me put it this way, too. This is not an issue of, if you don't pledge, you don't really support us. That's not a thing. That's <laughs> like, like, everyone who listens to the show, just by listening to it, you're supporting us. But I will say this. The people that I love the most aren't just the people who pledged, who are all amazing saints. It's the people who posted about it. And when I first put that out there, please repost this, I didn't think we were going to get any response. For whatever reason, people treat reposting, retweeting through the internet like they're giving you a child. Like it's like very precious. (laughs) People are very precious about what they post about. And yet we got the best response we've ever had of people willing to repost about this. That's so awesome. So, and not just, you know, a lot of those people were connected with the site, writers and things like that. But there was a chunk of people who have no direct relationship to CinePunks who still posted about yeah. it. And so to everyone who posted about it, even if you didn't pledge a dime, if you posted about it, thank you. That is yeah, amazing. that is so awesome. For real. We really me. appreciate that. All right, moving on. So, so are we going to do Whackin' on Track? Of
0: course we are. All right, end of the year. Whackin' on our Track. Although this is just Whackin' on Track for... Burden. Let's
1: just do whacking on track for now and then we're gonna to get to our end of the year track.
0: Yeah, okay, sounds good. So now it's time for our segment that we call
1: whacking on track. track. Oh man,
0: it's still so awesome. <laughs> still good, still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, I have a a lot to talk about in whacking on
1: track, so do it. Go for it. All right. You you always do, by the way.
0: Do I really? I always feel like I never have anything whack to say. And this week I have so much whack stuff to say. Oh,
1: you never have anything whack to say, but you usually have a good fifteen minutes of on track. Yeah. You do a lot of awesome things. I
0: try. I try so hard.
1: <laughs> okay, go for
0: it. Let's get First it. First thing, on track. Um, last Tuesday, I played a show at Second Empire with my band Soul Rise. Sure. Where we played with Knife Hits, we played with uh, Hers, and we played with Soul Glow. And it was an electric night. It was one of the best shows that I've played and have been uh, a part of. And, you know, not to, not to toot my own horn, but. I must say that Solarize, at this particular moment in time, is one of my favorite projects that I've ever done. Sure. And through this project, I've had the chance to play with a lot of bands, even in, like, the, what, five or six shows that we've played? Yeah. I've had so much fun playing with bands that I absolutely adore. And um, I was actually thinking about, do you remember when we were kids, Liam, like, when we'd see shows and stuff, and it would be like, oh, man, like, when we were coming up, Victory was still, like, the big label. And in, like, the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, there was always, like, oh, man, Snapcase is playing this week, and then tomorrow, Strife is playing, and then the day after, that Earth Crisis is playing. Like, it was always, like, a time when those bands were always around. Sure. I want to think about a time, or I project a time when kids who are coming up now are going to be like, yo, I used to see, like, Solo all the time growing up. Their show was the best. And, like... I just thought for a brief moment, like, at the show on Tuesday night, like, maybe I'll be a part of that weird pantheon of, like, those bands that played together, not a lot, not, like, so many times that, like, oh, man, it's, like, Wednesday, of course we're going to go see Soul ball. and, you know, of course we're going to see Solar as and all this stuff, but, like, just an idea that we're carving our way into a person's memory of
1: this time. I mean, I am... I, um... There's two S's. what you're saying. I, the frequency of it, I'm actually iffy on. Like, I, I, I think not bands like Victory Bands, but there mm-hmm. were bands back in the day that played too much. Yeah. And there's okay. always those bands that you're like, yo, if you played less shows, people would be more excited to see you. Right, right. That I think you want to avoid. But, but. – saying we play regularly enough that people know we're playing right. and you have certain bands that you play with like okay well if i'm seeing soul glow there's a good chance i'll see solarize yeah that's cool that's a good association that you want i mean i get i think soul glow is one of the best bands going right now yeah totally
0: that band is so awesome that new record is so sick but i will say so the one thing that happened on tuesday night that was new to me was that hers played with a full band as opposed to just Jenna and Scott. Oh, I've played. never i I've never seen that. Oh my god. It was their first time as the Hers Collective and oh, okay. it was so fucking dude, I have not been moved by a band playing that kind of aggressive music in a very long time. Sure, sure, sure. Where you see it and you realize that like something important's happening. Right. You know what I mean? Like when was the last time that you saw a band and you're like, yo, this shit is seriously mind blowing right now? And uh On that level, too, on the level of, like, you know, we're playing in a basement in West Philly. Like, it's, it's, there was a time when, when I was new to hardcore, when I was new to punk rock. Sure. And you'd see bands, like, you know, I saw Lifetime and, like, all these other bands in, like, New Brunswick basements. You know what I mean? Like, and seeing that and being like, yeah, this is going to matter to me for the rest of my life. It's not been that way since the early days for me. Hmm. I mean, I've seen other bands that, like, I totally love and all that other stuff. Like, I still love Sick of It All. I still love, you know, seeing, like, the hardcore bands that, like, m- were, like, the big time for me back in the day, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. But seeing a band like hers that has an agenda, that has an aesthetic, that has a purpose, mm-hmm. and seeing them so ferocious about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. That band is so great. I think that is part, like, just thinking about your musical taste, I think the... Passion of being committed to something is something that appeals to you a lot.
0: It really does. And it makes the it, whole difference.
1: And it's really. funny because I there are other people who I think... I think there are people for whom they are not into that. They're, they're almost like embarrassed by that. Really? They'd rather see a band that was technically good but didn't have too much to say or at least if they had something to say was not as committed to it. Whereas... Mm-hmm. For you, I think a band – because in your personal life, you're not actually like super political. Like that's not no. who you are. But yeah. if a band is super political and they like are passionate about it and it's not just – it's not a it's not a pose. Like for a band like hers or a band like Gloss or a band like Soul Glow, mm. they're not like – this is the style. Like yeah. we should be no. political because that's what's cool. They're like this is important to us. This is part of who we are. That I think appeals to you even if for you – I mean, not that you're ever opposed to what they're doing, but it's not something... You don't walk around all day going, guys, let me tell you. (laughs) You know, it's not who you are as a person, but that art is what you want. That's what you want from a band. That's what I want from life, though. I hear that. That's what I want from life. That's what I want from, from myself. You know what I mean? But like, some of the folks who are in that same camp get on your nerves. You also get annoyed when someone is like... I get I get bummed out
0: when, when people can't see the synergy between movements. When people can't mm-hmm. understand like the connection between... You know. Um, well, like at the show with Limprest, Alex had talked about sure. um, the synergy between dance culture, rave culture, and punk culture, and how they came up at the same time, out of the same, you know, the same disenfranchisement. Yeah. When people can't see that synergy, it really, it confuses me. You know what I mean? It's just like, don't you understand? Can't you see yourself in these other people? Like, I don't know, that bums me out. But, that being said, I don't mean to digress. The show on Tuesday night was amazing. I thought every band played ferociously.
1: Was there? Was mm. it a good turnout? I didn't, I yeah, sure. it was packed. It was a. I mean, it was a good. T- I'd
0: never been to Second Empire before. Have you been there before?
1: Uh, no, I still haven't been there. There's yeah. been a plethora of shows there I wanted to go to, and I. I. I mean, I don't think I've been to a show in West Philly like that. I don't think I've been to a show in the last four months. Wow, yeah, that's, crazy. that's weird for you. It's fucking awful. I yeah, hear. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, about it.
0: you know, it's it, there's some there's some good ones coming up. Some good ones coming up, which we'll get to at the last segment of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, um, keep
1: going. What else? Has but been yeah, awesome? so
0: that was really, really great. And um, thanks to every band that played, and thanks to hers and Jenna for uh, for really uh, getting my heart going. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. Man. No, I mean I, I i like I like that band recorded. I would like yeah. to see them now as a full band live. That Dude, as amazing. a
0: full band, it was the most destructive and amazing thing.
1: I would love to see that. I just have it was been so able great. to
0: so great. So hope you guys keep on doing that. That shit is the best. So not that I'm, I'm poo pooing on your other stuff, but man, that shit is so dope for real. And um, again, Soul Glow is like the best time I've seen Soul Glow. I think. Like I've seen them a bunch now.
1: I think they're good every time I see them, and I wish they played not that long ago up here, and I was really committed to go, and then um, I ended up recording with Justin instead because yeah. podcasts have to come first. Right. I
0: understand. that's the business owner. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty great. Um, I also had the chance to... Uh, I watched... Uh, well, yeah. I saw Autopsy of Jane Doe last night with Evo and Milani, mm-hmm. and uh, I was... Um, On track, because, man, I haven't seen a horror movie that's taken me out of my reality like that in a long time. Sure. So, uh, probably, yeah, it was, Brian Cox is amazing, Emile Hirsch was amazing, it was so well shot, and it was so, like, visually, it was so well balanced, I thought. Like, lately, um, I've been seeing a lot of um, cinematography style that leaves a lot open in the screen, and it feels as though, like, the Mr. Robot TV show on USA. Meilani's been watching that a lot. I don't really watch it um, very often on my own, but when it's on I'm I'm with Meilani, you know. And um, the way they block their scenes a lot is like a lot of stuff happens in the corner and then there's all this open space. And I feel as though that's like a a trend that's happening a lot in independent movies and stuff. And um, I noticed it a lot in Ida. That's another movie that had it a lot. And uh, it was refreshing. Well, maybe not so much refreshing because I guess the norm is to have everything perfectly blocked and everything, but it, it just looked really good. And um, I love that movie. I thought it was really awesome. It's definitely going to be, if you wait till the next segment, on my best of 2016. What I'm saying? Stop ruining the next segment. Sorry, brother. Sorry. Okay. So on to the whack. I had the. I saw Passengers. Why did you go see that?
1: Oh, this was like a pro preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't know anything about it other than that. Um, my man Chris Pratt was in there, and Jennifer Lawrence. And, um, okay, so I'm about to spoil Passengers for you right now.
1: Spoiler alert. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Gonna spoil Passengers right now. Feel free right to now. skip ahead five minutes or something. So
0: if you're gonna watch this movie, stop listening right now.
1: No, we won't wait. Okay, Just say okay.
0: it. So, Passengers, problematic movie from the door. Fucking awful movie.
1: Yeah, I heard Holy was, I heard shit. there were issues, but I don't know anything about so
0: it. So Alex and I had, so do you know what the premise of the movie is? Vaguely. Okay, what happens is there's a 120-year flight to a new planet that's uninhabited that chris pratt is on he's about to be hibernated for 120 years and uh for some reason 30 years in my man wakes up the ship wakes him up, and he doesn't know why uh, it turns out that the ship goes through an asteroid field it gets damaged and um starts going haywire and chris pratt wakes up so now he's like stuck on this thing and he realizes yo i'm 90 years early on this wake-up mission what the hell am i supposed to do now i'm gonna die on this thing And then the movie goes on to, like, he's, like, by himself for a whole year. He's trying to get into the control cabin and all that to maybe fix his situation, try and go back to sleep, whatever, whatever. Doesn't work. After a year of solitude, he's, like, lonely. He uh, finds Jennifer Lawrence's uh, profile or something in some type of database of the people who are on this thing, and uh, he falls in love with her. So he fucking
1: wakes her up. He woke her up. That's what I... Wait, so no one ruined that for me. No one spoiled that for me. But I, I've i been guessing that since the So since here's the, the thing.
0: There are movies where such indiscretions happen where it's impossible for me to get past that to enjoy the theme of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And to gloss over it is some weird-ass, like... So, basically, he wakes her up, and now she's going to die on this plane with them unless they can go back to sleep or whatever. Spaceship. The spaceship, yeah. Sorry. And it's just like, dude... Like, if the movie isn't about that weird thing... So they never really address it? They address it, but then it becomes even worse, because it's like, you know, there's a scene where she's like... She finds out that he woke her up, and she gets mad. As would Uh, we Understandably, yeah. And then there's a scene where she's, like, running through the spaceship, like, working out, you know? And he's, like, talking to her over, like, the PA... And he's like, I found you, and, you know, I'm sorry, but I fell in love with you, and so on and so forth. And it's just this weird misogyny in the future. It's like future misogyny. And also another thing that was super problematic is the only other character in it... Well, I mean, there's the bartender guy who's that British actor whose name I can't think of. Yeah, whatever. And he's actually pretty awesome in it. I'm sure. But um, Lawrence Fishburne wakes up. So Lawrence Fishburne is the lone black character who's part of the crew, and his pod fails, so he wakes up. It felt as though... They woke up Lawrence Fishburne to do all of the black tropes in movies, and then kill him. He wakes up. He speaks some jive. There's a scene where he figures out that Chris Pratt woke Jennifer Lawrence up, and he just goes, "Damn."
1: <sighs> yeah,
0: he speaks some jive. He does some. Uh, he gives some relationship advice.
1: Does he dance,
0: too? That would have been no, even better. he doesn't dance, but he uh, spreads some mystic- mysticism I was going to say,
1: is there some magic? Yeah, there there's some... some, some, he, some non-white magic yep, going on? Yeah,
0: he bagger advances the shit out of this role, and then God he fucking damn. dies. And then he dies first. Yeah. All the trope for black people in movies. Does them all. Who did you see this with? I saw it with Alex. I was gonna say he running. must have been flipping his shit. Dude, we so the funny thing about it is that Alex and I spoke before we saw the movie, we were like, yo, I can't I told him like my main problem with movies about like with themes like rape in them. If the movie after that scene happens and doesn't address that, it just makes that a detail in the story, to sure. me, it's a huge disservice to that to, to victims and to sufferers
1: of this. Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: So this is the same thing. And then this whole movie happens. And that's exactly what it is. Like, she fucking falls in love with him after he wakes her the fuck up. And then they just live the rest of their weird-ass days on a a ship by themselves. It's so fucking, like, disturbing. I don't know. It really bummed me out. Terrible fucking movie. I hated it. So, you know. I mean, it looked pretty. There are definitely parts that I thought were cool as far as spaceship movies go. But overall, shite movie. Like fucking terrible. I guess. And then I followed that up. With another bullshit movie, Assassin's Creed. Now, why did I see Assassin's Creed? Because I like Michael Fassbender and I like um, Marianne Cotillard. So maybe it'll be okay. Not so much. Not so much. Have we ever
1: seen a video game movie that was good? Probably not. Maybe Resident Evil. A bunch of people were saying it wasn't that bad, though. Okay. I haven't haven't seen it, so I don't know.
0: Let me explain my uh, story with this. Okay. The screener was at 10 o'clock in the morning on my day off. I typically like to sleep until a certain amount of time, like 10 o'clock or whatever on my day off. had to wake up early, woke up a little too late, so I didn't get a chance to do my morning ritual, that being the shit shower and shave. Just rolled out, got on the bike, rode out to the movie. Watch the movie. Now, the movie is like an hour and 45, maybe an hour and a half long. You know? mm-hmm. During the movie, I get a little rumble in the tummy. You know what I'm saying? A little bubble guts. Now, listeners of Cinepunks, I'm about to be really real with you. So I apologize for that in advance, but I feel as though this is a story that I have to tell. I have a fear of public bathrooms. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing. Just always been afraid of it. It's just the thing, right? So I'm, like, getting the rumbles in the guts. And just like, oh, shit. I gotta get home. Movie ends. I run out of the fear. Hop on the bicycle. Now, I'm at the ritz Fly. So I'm at, what, 3rd and Walnut? Mm-hmm. Right up Walnut to 5th Street, down 5th Street through the tunnel to uh, Spring Garden. Down Spring Garden to Delaware. Up Delaware Ave to Frankfurt. Then up Frankfurt to Huntington, where I live. In poo safely. Now, I'm screaming, right? Well, not screaming, literally. I'm pedaling fast. And I'm riding, and I get to Frankfurt. I'm going up Frankfurt. And a car cuts me off. And it cuts me off in such an abrupt way that I am terrified. Right? I'm screaming. There's a moment when the driver... And I lock eyes. We see the terror in each other's face. I'm pulling onto the brakes on my bicycle. I ride a single-speed Kona. Thanks, Kona. And the problem is, I haven't replaced the brake pads on this bicycle that I've been riding hard for the past like, five years. Or so. so I'm slowing down instead of stopping. And this car is coming right from me. It's The car is going the opposite way that I am on Frankfurt, right? And but just out of nowhere, it turns. It makes a left. makes a left into the lane that I'm in and I scream, and I'm slowing down, not stopping, and I think to myself, yo, I'm about to get in a car accident. I'm about to get hit by a fucking car. And I just imagine myself getting smeared all over the hood of this car. And again, I lock eyes with the driver. There's fear in his eyes, too, because he doesn't know what's going to happen either. Moments before impact, we both stop. So I'm like about an inch away from this car from my front tire. And that's when I start shitting. Come so now... <laughs> Imagine a grown-ass man standing in the middle of Frankfurt Avenue screaming on his bicycle and pooping at the same time. This sounds like people that you work with. It was the worst moment of, I threw pants away. I threw underwear away because I couldn't. You weren't wearing your comfy pants. Were you? No, I was not. Okay, I was man. not. It was like roll out of bed. Oh, man, these are not so smelly. Let's go for it. Like old pants. But still, I shitted myself for the first time. In Lord knows how long. It's been a long time.
1: I but love I, that I, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. I love that Assassin's Creed made you shit yourself. Dude,
0: it was so In, rude. Indirectly, but still. It was the most it was the most embarrassed I'd been. I, I didn't even I couldn't even tell anyone about it. I couldn't even tell Melani about it. So what you're saying is that this made the movie less enjoyable? It it was oddly not the worst thing that happened to me that day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it really that so, bad though? I heard people oh, there there are people who are defending it.
0: I consider it to be mildly indefensible. Okay, I've never played the game though, so I don't have any, any basis for my opinion on it. Sure, that's fair. It's about the Templars who fight the assassins. Oh no, yeah, I
1: have a vague idea. Yeah, that.
0: dude, it's and then
1: I mean, here's the thing: I appreciate it because uh, it caused Arby's to tweet out like, so there's some like what? promotional there's some promotional tie-in with Arby's. So Arby's tweeted out like a, someone with like the you know the knife thing that yeah. he has in the movie. Someone has that at Arby's, and then the quote on the fucking Arby's t- tweet is um, "There is no truth; all things are permissible." A quote from a famous cult leader who invented suicide bombing. So huh. there you go. That's it's also uh, in the movie a lot. Yeah. Well, I I know, but the thing is, is that I'm sure the people who did the movie know where that came from because that fits the context of the movie right. arby's just trying to make a quick buck is out here quoting fucking suicidal cult leaders like right. that's totally chill oh man wow yeah no it's the kind of
0: movie where you're like why did you even say yes to this michael fassbender he needed that money yeah he's one of the executive producers of the movie okay that's weird. A weird. okay so maybe he, maybe he likes the video game it's possible yeah it's possible So yeah, so whack, shitting myself on Frankfurt Avenue, seeing Passengers, and seeing Assassin's Creed. Is it my turn now? It's now your
1: turn. (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) Whacking on track. Um, So it's hard to do the on track because so many of the things um, are going to be on my list. Okay. The one thing that will not be on my list that was on track is me and Sue's, uh, you know, last weekend was Star Wars weekend. Right. Right. And everybody went. I mean, it seemed like everybody I knew went to see Star yeah. Wars. Even people who were skeptical so still went. So for us, um, you know, last year, when we talked about it on the Force Awakens episode. Yeah. We went out of our way to go to Brooklyn. It was like a big deal. Mm. We wanted to recreate that feel, especially because by the time we were getting tickets, a lot of the theaters around here had started to sell out. So I'm like, I'm not going to squish into some near sold out theater in the Lehigh Valley when that theater is going to be bad, you know? Mm. Uh, so we were like, let's make an effort to go somewhere cool. So I, I looked up the new draft house in Brooklyn and we we're like, let's go see it at the draft house. No, the the draft house doesn't have like, it's not cool in the sense of like where we went before for those of you who aren't willing to go back and go into that episode. I went, they showed the force awakens at bam, uh, but not just at bam. It wasn't in the Rose theater, which is their usual film theater. They opened up the theater. That's usually like the, um, actual theater or dance you know the performance area yeah, yeah, yeah. they put a big screen and projector in there and the screen was mass. it was like the coolest thing uh it's as cool as you can get gonna get, get if you don't go to imax because for us we are not interested in the 3d right. and almost all the imaxes are imax 3d so we're like okay we're not going to go to imax let's do the draft house thing especially if you paid a little bit extra you got a free pint glass oh, i guess did it's you not, get one? i guess it's not free
0: well, we you paid, paid a little it. extra, yeah. So,
1: and it's not a little. It was it was a, the price of a pint glass, basically. But it was they're limited. They're, you can only get them that weekend, and then now they're gone. Did you get one? Yeah, I got two. They're oh. upstairs right now. So they're cool. So we were like, let's do that. And we wanted an excuse to go check out the Brooklyn world. Yeah. So that was on track. Like, we had not been to that part. It's like just in downtown Brooklyn. It's not like fancy or anything. But We just hadn't been down there at all. Right. And it's kind of cool. Uh, a lot of the places that I go to in Brooklyn are in very sort of like – um gentrified areas so it's just need to be an area that didn't feel that way um plus we just need to i like going to new york I, I don't would never live there and i have all the same philadelphia prejudices against new york <laughs> that everybody does but all that being said i still like going there yeah um so going to see that it was like a date night and so we went and the draft house is cool it's mm-hmm. weird it's in some like big shopping center that's new but it's set up pretty cool. The bar that's attached is called the House of Wax, and they have a lot of like cool wax figures in there. And right. there's some neat stuff in the theater. And then the actual theater is one of the best set up ones because so when you go to the Draft House in Austin, they have the ditch before the seats, so right. the waiters can get past and they don't block your view too much. Yeah. Um, and then, but then they have a table. It's like a solid table. Right. Uh, and then other ones, like I've been to the one in Yonkers. They they have. T- they have smaller tables instead of the long table, yeah. but they don't have the ditch. The one in Brooklyn has the ditch, and the but then it head. has the smaller table between two people. Oh, it was nice. it was a good setup. The seats were comfortable. They're not quite like the AMC like full recliner seats, right. but they're comfy. Like they're not. They're more comfy's substantial good, man, than other ones. So uh, it was a good setup. It was a big screen. It was a cool crowd. I would say it was funny to me because it was an earlier screening and there was only like four kids in the whole thing it was all adults nice and, and, and I will say the only bummer to seeing it that I mean it didn't I think this movie is really bombastic so it didn't bother me too much mm. but people were ordering drinks the whole time so a lot of times when you go to Alamo there's initial activity of people getting their food and, and then, then there's, there's less time. yeah you're pretty chill this is there were people in my row who would not stop ordering booze. Like, they were just nice. like, we're seeing Rogue One, let's just get shit fake. I don't know that they got drunk, but there was just constant activity, which normally bums me out a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. And honestly, mm. it was cool to be there. And so we had a good time. So, awesome. and I will say, uh, for me, Rogue One, it was pretty good. It was, uh, you know, it's not amazing or anything, but, mm. you know, I mean, I will say this. Remember, if people listen to the other episode, The Force Awakens, I was really into it, and then the more I thought about it, I was less into it. Right. And I still like it, but I haven't re I need to rewatch it, but right. I don't feel like I love, love, love it. With Rogue One, there were some things that got on my nerves, but I haven't discovered any new things. Right. Um, I will say there there was a, a piece written by film crit Hulk taking the movie apart but he didn't like it. He felt He like, didn't like it. No, he felt like it started off most people feel the opposite. They feel like the beginning was weak,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then by the time it gets all actiony, it's a lot of fun, and they like it. Right. He felt the opposite. The beginning made sense, uh-huh. and then things made less and less sense until yeah. by the right. end, none of the character motivations make any sense. And then his big issue was the final Darth Vader scene because he felt like though it was cool, Darth Vader finally going into action and killing people, it had no weight to it because none of the characters that are that you people. care about are in yeah. that scene. Mm-hmm. And you already know someone's going to get those documents out because you know the next movie. Yeah. He felt like they should have used the same sort of thing with real characters who could have died at, a, at, a, really at, a, at yeah. a point where you didn't already know what was going to happen. It just seemed pointless for him. Yeah. And it didn't accomplish much. Um, and I will say this thing. So let's go back and say – so. There are things I don't love about it, but overall I think it's still pretty good. I still had fun with it. Yeah. I agree that the Vader scene was the coolest visually thing, but it didn't actually help the story. I wish they had done that earlier in the movie when it helped the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but above all those things, I'm still unsure about how I feel about CGI. Yeah. A lot of people have been putting together CGI Leia and CGI... Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin, who at the time is just Governor Tarkin. Right. Uh, here's the thing. CGI Leia, I'm less bummed on. Why? Well, as of this recording, Carrie Fisher's still alive. Right. So you just go to Carrie Fisher and say, hey, (laughs) we're going to do this. We're going to CGI. Is that cool? And she could say, yes, that's cool. Or, no, that's not cool. So the the issue with the CGI Graham of Tarkin is that you can't ask him. He's dead. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of recreating actors who have passed away. Because even if their family or their estate or whoever says it's cool, there's still something ethically off. And I don't think I don't think audiences are so stupid that if you don't have a CGI lookalike, they're not gonna be able to figure it out. Like they could have found any old person and put them in the role and we would have just been like, like, Oh, there he is. Oh yeah, it's crap off target, that's Moff cool. Yeah. yeah, that works. Uh, old old British guy. Works for me. But the idea that, like, no, we have to, like, actually recreate him. And I think it was actually intended to be out of respect to that actor. Right. But I don't know that it's respectful. And I've seen a lot of people who are like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And to me, it might matter. I'm not sold one way or the other, but I'm leaning towards it might be a really bad thing.
0: Yeah. No, it definitely, it brings up a lot of weird questions about, like, you know, creative responsibility.
1: Yeah. So that, you know, seeing world one was really good. And then, um, I think that's it. I don't, I, I, you know, I've been really busy. Those of you know, my wife is pregnant. So there's been a lot of staying home and taking care of her right now, which is, uh, you know, it's not always my favorite thing to do, but, um, I'm just, I can't go to a bunch of stuff and just be like, okay wife you stay home and try not to be in too much pain and uh i'll see you tomorrow or something you yeah, know like that didn't nah, really work. that's a response uh we've gone to but like i said she went to Rwanda. we also went and saw manchester by the sea i'll yeah. talk about that in my year end list but mm. so we've gone to a couple things but there's been a lot of events that people wanted me to come to like screenings there was the christmas party there mm. was a couple of your shows some yeah. other shows and like sorry y'all like why is pregnant? Like, no, you know you mean, what I mean? You're like, busy, dude. it's gotta, how it is. And, you know, nobody's mad at you. If they are mad at you, they're not worth your time, sir. <laughs> so, work between working full time and that, I haven't been able to get to as much stuff. But that also means I don't really have anything that whack. A yeah. lot of the stuff I've been watching at home, I'm just trying to catch up on what did I miss, what did I miss, what did I miss. I'm um, sure it, Peter Cushing would have no issue with what you're doing. <laughs> Peter Cushing. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, we. the other thing about that is, um, One of the things that isn't on my ear at this, but I wanted to bring up because I know that you watched it. Mm. The Eyes of My Mother. Oh, man. That was rough. I really liked it. I liked it, too. Oh, man. What a movie. If If you are someone who prefers their horror to simply be disturbing there's no other horror tropes there there's no like creature there's no like serial killer in that sense yeah. there's no stalking there's not even really any violence on screen everything is it's like just, slightly off screen but if you just want something that makes you feel really bad really uncomfortable all the time Eyes for the duration mother. of the movie which good work that's yeah, that's yeah, what they were trying the to point. do yeah and they yeah, killed yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. they killed him. Wow,
0: what a movie also shot dude if a movie shot in black and white has the visceral reaction in you right.
1: that nauseates you, right.
0: they have done something special. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that movie is so brutal, dude. So there's probably some other stuff we can talk about, but we're going to take a quick break, and yep. then uh, we're going to come right back with our year-end discussion. The Cinepunks 2016 in More review. review. 2016. I'm going to take off my bow tie, though, because this tuxedo is getting me off. Yo, the, I don't know why we wore tuxes by ourselves. <laughs> this is so awesome. This, this is crazy. Yeah, And we keep sipping champers. I know, right? Dude, if we keep on sipping these uh, non-alcoholic brandies... We're going to feel weird. non alcoholic brandies. It's actually weirder that we're smoking these non-tobacco cigars. They're just paper rolled up. Especially since no one's going to see it, but these cigars are so cool. They look so cool. (laughs) My cigar is actually just a cinnamon stick. (laughs) Mine's actually just a root from a licorice trick (laughs) plant. Okay, we'll be right back. All right. As with any good end of year separ- separation, as with any right. good end of year celebration, I've switched to jammies. That's good. That's good. Um, I've also switched to Liam's jammies, which are
0: too small for me. I mean, so a yeah. kind of belly shirt going on right now.
1: Yeah, that's true. But, but it's, it's as hot as it sounds. It's sexy though, yeah. Which is very. Yeah, no, super <laughs> super sexualized.
0: <laughs> so, this is the year-end episode. So, uh, Liam and I are going to go over some of our favorite uh Musics and movies from the year
1: that was 2016. Yeah, we didn't do this last year, and um, I think people actually said they wanted it. Like, yeah. that's the thing people wanted. I think, for whatever reason, uh, folks want to hear from us about this sort of thing. If you're friends with us on Facebook, we've already posted some of this stuff, but I think this gives us a chance to get in a little more in-depth about why we like certain things and yeah. maybe why what we didn't pick some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to start with music. Josh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you can start. Okay. So uh, I will say, you know, I think it was a pretty good year for um, music and movies, uh, which is funny since it was such a bad year for everything else in the world. Uh, it was really just the the sh- uh, the shittiest year ever in a lot, a lot of fun. ways. But, um, but here we are and there was a lot to choose from and I'll be honest... It took me a while to pick. Well, actually, both, but especially with music, because there's some part of me that worries that I just get in a rut when it comes to music. Like I you just I'm,
0: listen to the same things over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's weird because I, I don't too. Like I'll, I'll I'll get in that rut and then I'll change my mind. And I'll listen to a bunch of new stuff. Right. But I also didn't want to feel like. Um, because we have this platform, I felt weird if there was something that I just ignored. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give a fair shot. So I listened right. to a lot of music. But it of the things on my list... Um, just give me, like, your top three. Let's do, like... Or top five. Let's do our top five for the year. The music. Just five?
0: Or actually, whatever you want to talk about. I'm
1: going to do the full 20. No I'm going to do the full 20. Wow. As a list. And okay. then we'll, we'll just talk a little bit about the top five. Right. So, um, as I said, this was really just... It was hard to choose, but it was, these are the things I listened to the most. It it was hard to say, like, and these are the best records. Because I don't know. (laughs) Like, for example, um, Lemonade isn't on here. I think Lemonade is a great record. Uh, The reality for me is I didn't listen to it as much as I thought I would. When it first came out, I listened to it a lot. You're all about it. And then I was like, uh, it just didn't stick with me as much. But that might also be because... It was really hard to access. I have a copy of it somewhere, but I, you know, I just, it wasn't as available to me. So hey. here we go. The top 20 for me, uh, Solange, Seat at the Table, Praise, Leave it All Behind, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Skeleton Tree, Anoni, Hopeless, Chance the Rapper, Coloring Book, Angel Dust, Rock the Fuck on Forever, uh, Anderson, Pock Malibu, Arms Race, New Wave of British Hardcore, Blood Orange, Freetown Sound. A tribe called Clest. We got it from here, and it goes on. Yeah, but I didn't write down the whole thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Serpent with feet, blisters. Creative adult, fear of life. Crown cult, uh, crown court, capital offense. Danny Brown, atrocity exhibition. Frank Ocean, blonde. Fury, Paramount. Jared Bischoff, cistern. No name, telephone. Limperist, limperist, and more mother fetish bones. Uh, And if you follow me on Facebook, I also listed a million other people (laughs) because those were all things. That wasn't just like, let me just list all these names so I look like I'm diverse. It was literally like, these are all the things that I listen to a lot. And I just can't justify doing a longer than 20 list. It just doesn't make – at a certain point, if you're doing like 50 albums, to me, it's like, okay, so those are the 50 records you listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but even then, uh, when you said pick the top five, the reason I did the full 20 is because I didn't actually put these in any sort of order. So I don't mm-hmm. know what my top five is. I know, okay, without a doubt, I think right now, my number one is Solange Seat at the Table.
0: Wow, number one. I think so. I didn't listen to it until you made me listen to it at the Thrilla in Bushkill.
1: Oh, that's right? true. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Symphonic Suite. Sorry. Sure, sure, and, sure. Uh, yeah, that that record's been on
1: heavy rotation for me after that weekend. It came out, and I was I, I I'll be I know who Solange Knowles is, but I haven't mm-hmm. listened to her music before this record because I just thought, oh, it's Beyonce's sister. I'm sure it's fine, but it's not something I care about. Then, as you know, I'm a latecomer to Beyonce. Like, I like the self-titled. It's the first record that I listened to, and I still listen to it. Mm. Um, and Lemonade, I thought, was really great when it came out, but it didn't stick with me super long, which doesn't make it a bad record. It's just whatever. So, the Solange came out, and uh, Danielli is uh, a woman I work with. We talk about music a lot. She's like, I really like this Solange record. I'm like, well, oh, okay. I'll give it a try. And for, like, three weeks, it was on constant. Rotation, concert rotation. Just and I don't, you know, I don't actually listen to. I'll I'll reveal something to y'all. I don't actually often listen to full records on a regular basis. I do when I'm listening to a literal record because you can't make a you can't make a playlist when you're listening to vinyl. Um, But if I'm listening to uh, Spotify or my own MP3s or whatever, I'm putting in literally 200 albums and hitting random. Like that's how I listen to music. That's your style. If
0: uh, you've ever driven anywhere with Liam and right. have had the pleasure of listening to his mixed CDs, dude, you're going from Run DMC to Bill and Sebastian in Tucson.
1: Oh, yeah, that would, that actually is the most rational transition I could make. That's what I'm saying. That's what it's like listening to music with you. Or to like be literal about it, like I don't know if you've noticed this, but you know how Spotify now has those daily mixes? Yeah. Have you looked at your daily mixes? Yeah. How many do you have? Like six. Yeah, same. I have like six. Yeah. But the reason that's weird to me is that... If I was going to make a daily mix, I would take those six mixes and I would make one mix yeah, of all those styles of music no, and uh, Spotify do doesn't it. want to do that. Nobody wants to do Nobody that. Nobody wants to do that except for you because you are fucking weird. Whatever. So <laughs> uh, A Seat at the Table is one of the few albums I listen to more than a few times in a row on full album. I don't usually do that. Uh, Another one that I would probably have to put in the top five like that is Anoni Hopeless. And that was one I have to thank you for. I had never even fucking heard of it. You never listened to Anthony Johnson either. No. So the Anoni thing, I think it actually happened on the internet. Yeah, we talked about this on the show. Someone was talking shit on James Blake. And I was like, yo, that's my man. James Blake is my man. And they were like, this new Anoni record destroys James Blake. And uh those who heard delicious then i did list james blake i like that record it's a good record but best of the year it did not click with me the way that hopeless was again if get in the car and i'm like yo if you heard this let me play it for you boom like i would play it a lot um another one you know what i'm not going to say these are top my five or my top five but there's only a few on here i actually feel like i need to talk about um and so those are two the other one i want to bring up that people might not know, and maybe this isn't in my top five, but it's worth talking about. The Serpent with Feet record, Blisters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your boy Alex, Mm -hmm. singer of Solarized, he was like, he gave me a list of five things he thought I might not know. They were all good. I didn't have a problem with any of them. But only one was I like, couldn't, after he recommended, and when I asked people for recommendations, a lot of those didn't make it into my list. And that's not because they were bad recommendations, it's just, I only listened to them in the past two months, so it's hard to pick them for my but I listened to that record so much and it was connected with me so much that it's on my list. And I really think if you've never heard Serpent with Feet and you like again, this uh I don't know how to describe it music. Yeah,
0: it's kind of difficult to describe, honestly. Like
1: it's electronic,
0: but it's also very visceral. It's, very highly, real, it's highly it's
1: highly produced. But even the yeah. production, like especially on um that four ether song. It's hard for me to Mm -hmm. imagine that's that's not sampling and that's not like like someone played some of that music live. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: I feel the same way about the More Mother record.
1: Like, well, but I know how. I but I know how. Well, that's true. I don't feel like More Mother fits into a genre. But the thing with Serpent with Feet is that you would be into it. I think if you like James Blake, Anoni, Uh, that sort of thing. Like, I think there's elements of that in there. Whereas More Mother is like uh, Kamei. I feel like. Has a punk attitude, has a punk persona, but is he making has
0: a, a punk approach to making non-punk music. Yeah,
1: the music she's making is like samples and noise, and it's hip hop influence, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit nicely into that. And I don't know. I, I I I think the most annoying comparison for her, she's talked about that, is to Death Grips. I feel like what she's doing is like nothing that like Death, Death Grips
0: Band at
1: all. See, I like Death Grips, but I don't see her music as that similar. I think yeah. her thing is like a whole other project. Um, and it's it's almost a project in which the poetry is already there and the music reflects what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh that More Mother record is fucking phenomenal. It's a beast. It's if so you I, if someone says I can't get into it because it's not for me, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like it's like if I put, you know, the new Inquisition record and someone's like I can't get into that. And he doesn't mean Thomas's band
0: from the 90s.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, he means the black metal band. The black metal band. I can get that, especially if, like, your number one records are more like R&B. I'm not going to be like, oh, did you hear that Inquisition record? Same thing with More Mother. Like, it, you have to be into noisy, experimental music with, you know, thought-provoking lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, what I like about it is some of the folks I know who like the kind of music she does – Will be challenged by her lyrical content, by her poetry, by what she's asking them to think about. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I will say that. um, What's uh, unfortunately I didn't memorize the names for a song, but there's the one the protest one. Uh, yeah, what's that the names song called? called? Uh, anyways, that's one of those songs that it somehow both gets into my head, but it's also hard to listen to. Like it yeah. asks something of you to think about, and it's super challenging, and I don't feel comfortable walking around mumbling under my breath like you can see my dead body at the protest like that's not about me yeah that's not i can't i can't own those lyrics but uh but there it's actually has like a hook to it. it's not like just noise just experiment just like difficult like she's really doing a lot there um you know i think a lot of things on my list people know if you listen to the show you probably know about a lot of these things if you haven't checked out arms race new wave of british hardcore that's also a great record uh, uh, that creative adult someone suggested yeah, to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. I really got into it, and I hadn't known about it. Liam and
0: I are also curating a weekly uh, playlist on yep. Spotify, so you can follow that. Yep.
1: We'll post it, and uh, it's basically what we're into. And I think <laughs> the thing that we both really liked that is super obvious, but I just want to make sure we highlight it, because I think it will transition into your yeah. music, is that Praise record. That Praise record is so good. I'm a, I'm a Praise fan, period. Record from the from that, I mean, I think it's only like a few releases but everything I've heard by them I like, I like them live. I mean, I'm a fan but I think this new record is for really 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 great. Yeah, it's so good. It's so listenable and it's like short but it's like
0: I just think it's so aggressive and, and still has like perfect melodicism. It's kind of what I like about Hot Water Music at the beginning, you know what I mean? like sure. Like, really aggressive, but still, like, a sense of melody. Well,
1: I, I feel like, though, like, Hot Water Music, like, Forever and Counting, though, is more like dynamic tension. Yeah. But it reminds me more of, like, No Division era, which is less tension, more just straightforward rock and rap. you know? Yeah, it's good. That record is amazing. Well, if tell me, know? let's let's talk about that. I, I don't, again, if, if uh, I don't want to go on and on about music, but that, that's yeah. my list. Um, What do you have on your? I don't have like a twenty album list. I will sure. Just name some stuff. Yeah, really
0: meant a lot to me. Sure. Uh, Number one was Orphe by uh, Johan Johansson. Uh, I can never get into this dude. Dude, long time listeners of the show know that I love instrumental music. That like, I'm not saying it's my main thing, but like, dude, Johan Johansson specifically instrumental music from Iceland. (laughs) Love, love, love. Um, That record is just so beautiful, and it's so lilting. And uh, it's it's one of those mu- musics that uh, the movements just really move with me, I feel. And uh, it really means a lot when I listen to it. Like, I feel very. Um, it, it puts my mind in a place where I feel the most
1: for it. Sure. So, uh, that record, Blood Bitch by Jenny Huval, do you know anything about this one? So, this is one of the ones that was recommended to me to check out. Oh. Uh, I think Skavarla. I think Rob was really into this record. Rob, I think. Did Rob do Creative Adult? No, I think Rob recommended me four record, five records, all of which I really liked, mm. and none of which made it on my list. And right. I don't mean that to be like because Rob's taste sucks. It's just he expanded my horizons. Mm. But oh, more he also said more. But. Yeah, more mothers. Dude, more mothers definitely
0: on that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, you know, Solo has had the pleasure of playing with Kamei when she was doing
1: more jewelry. And, uh, sure 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 so that sure. was
0: actually my first introduction to her music but then I went and sought out the more mother record after that mm-hmm. and man that shit is amazing thought provoking visceral again it's like very very uh very fertile
1: very yeah yeah awesome yeah. record so tell me about this the the I listened to it but I don't I didn't give it mm-hmm. I didn't like
0: yeah. well she's like a Norwegian songstress
1: person. Sure, I mean? mm-hmm. sure but
0: um she grew up apparently in like a uh, black metal kind of atmosphere Okay. And she doesn't listen to black metal, so she made a soundtrack to a horror movie. And that is what this record is. Oh, that's really cool. It's unbelievable because the horror movie is about being a woman in Norway. So like that's why the record's called Blood Bitch. Dude, it is so brutal. It's wonderful. It's it's one of those records that's euphinous and still jagged in what it's saying. Sure. So it's like it's so encompassing. I think it's so wonderful. So, if you have a chance, check that shit out. It's on Spotify. It's called Blood Bitch by Jenny Hubal. For me, though, I kind of feel like the most amazing music that I've heard this year
1: Uh
0: has come from Philadelphia, has been the scene that Solarized has been in. Sure. And uh, just listening to the bands that we've been seeing, like that Soul Glow record is on my top list of the year. Yep. That record's also available at Walmart.com. Just saying.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Honestly, it's so good. Honestly, if I didn't hear so many other things I love this year, I mean, Soul Glow was going to be on my list. It was it was actually the the list was like more like 30 and then I had to like struggle with what would go where, but I, I feel like a little bit like that Soul Glow record could go on, on there and I'd be good about it cuz that was just an amazing record. Yeah,
0: the Soul Glow record is great. Uh, my favorite records of the year that I, I really really enjoyed. Uh, Soul Glow record I really love Amygdala From Texas Do you know this band?
1: Yeah They, they were definitely Ooh. On my honorable mentions I, It was They're a band that I had heard before Yeah But I had not given them Full length of full listen And like 20 different people Were like You have to listen yeah. to This Amigdala Amygdala record I really like it It is so
0: good It's called um, uh, Population Control Sure And it is Vicious It is brutal It's a, a Wonderful Wonderful record So I've been listening To that a lot Um The Gloss, Trans Day of Revenge. Sure. That record is awesome. I love that record, too. Um, Dead Ringers by Horseback, which actually... Well, actually, I'm sorry saying that I was flying the Philadelphia flag, and then I talked about bands that weren't from Philadelphia. Yeah. But um, uh, actually, Philly bands I really like. Disappearance has put out a record. Sure. And uh, that record's amazing. That one is called um, Unsustainable. Features my man Joe, Goff on there. Sure. Um, The new Hers record, of course, is awesome. Um... I think that the Solarize record is really fucking good. I mean, biased because I played on it, but yo, that record. I love that you just named
1: your own record. Yo,
0: I'm going to say it, man. The Solarize record and the Cross Keys record that we did
1: is fucking awesome. I, I really like that Solarize release a lot. Yeah, it's really, I think really it's, good.
0: I listened to it after we played it. Like, the way we recorded it, actually, we recorded it in our practice
1: space on a computer.
0: <laughs> so uh, it's, you know, big up to Jeff Ziggler who plays drums and uh, is the R5 Superboy. And uh, my homie. But uh, he, the way we, so the way a band normally tracks is like you track everything separately and then you put it all together. Sure, sure. Jeff played all of the drums for all six songs by himself without guitar, bass, or vocal. And then we built everything around that. So um, from conception to actual product, I think that for me, that was one of the most fulfilling records of the year. I know that sounds real shitty. I don't do it. It doesn't sound shitty at all. But uh, that record, and again, the Cross Keys record, which actually didn't ever come out except for the two songs, like that was also one of my favorite records of the year, (laughs) because I sang on it. And um, I think that the best record of the year, though, that I've heard is the Mother Country Motherfuckers record, which is the uh, final song of one of my personal heroes, Miss Sarah Kirsch. And um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, Bandcamp is... uh, It's the whole thing is available on Bandcamp now. I don't know if you can purchase it. It's like listed at like a thousand dollars or whatever. But I mean, they they, up until recently it was only one song that you could stream on there. Now the whole record's on there. And the vinyl did just come out. So, uh, on Clean Plate Records. But if you are a long time listener of the show, you know that I adore the music of Sarah Kirsch, that Torches to Rome, and Fuel, and Bullets in, and all these bands have meant so much to me, including, uh, you know, Pinhead Gunpowder featuring Billy Joe from Green Day and all, and Aaron Comic like All those records with Sarah on them were amazing and are amazing, and um, this final record from her is amazing as well. That's great. It's so good. Have you had a chance to get it yet?
1: No, I haven't Dude,
0: it, take, it picks up where um, her other bands, like uh, Please
1: Inform the Captain This Is a Hijack and all that stuff, takes, like, leaves off, kind of. The only thing I know is Torches to Run. Oh, That's so. all I know. This is a whole. That's a whole realm of music. I don't know. Anymore.
0: Oh my god, that is like my favorite, favorite shit. That Goleta, California, nineteen
1: ninety five to two thousand one. <laughs> oh, I love geez. it. It's so specific, but, yeah, I, but the, it's so great, dude. If, if you know, if you're a listener, and you know, you know that like. You can get that specific, and that actually makes sense. That's not like, yeah. oh, Josh is weird; and he cares about this. It's like, yeah. no, like people who know know that that is the time that is, for, dude, for, the a style, for, for a that certain style for a certain style of yeah. hardcore.
0: Yeah, dude, Evolution Records, dude, big up to anybody who uh, who has been around from that stuff and you know. And yeah, totally. Means.
1: Totally. So. Yeah, I gotta say, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, there was a lot of uh, really good hardcore demos I heard on Bandcamp. And honestly, I just had trouble going back and finding them to put them on my list. So if you send me a demo or whatever, uh, if you recommended a demo and I didn't put it on my list, apologies. If I can make time to do it, I'm going to come up with like a best demos of 2016 list. Honestly, I wanted Bob Wilson to do it because he is like fucking obsessive about hardcore and listens to like every demo ever like he knows all the bands uh but he just never did it and i just didn't have the patience to like harass him constantly about it uh and if you are someone who feels like you know you're on top of your demo game and you want to do it want to tell us about it do a demo roundup about it. We'd, we'd like to host that for you but uh there are a lot of Great ten of us that came out this year, and I feel bad that I didn't put any on my list. But uh, that's how it is. The only one that I even mentioned was the Solarize one because because
0: it's awesome,
1: also because you're my man. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's it with music. Again, that's that's not all the good music that came out this year. That's just some of no. the things we wanted to highlight for yeah. you.
0: Um, we will have comprehensive list by year's end up on our website. Yeah, and we're on be- our social medias and, and, and
1: let's let's go ahead and plug that now. We're if you go to the website, you go to the section, the writing section. Um, we're actually compiling a list of like user stuff, basically yeah. like our man Rob Scarla is actually on the job. Yep, yep, yep.
0: So, so email us. I don't remember what the email. It was, was. uh, is I think it was like Cinepunks Year End or something like this. Yeah,
1: if you go, there's a big write-up on it that you can find. Uh, you know how to work the internet, we trust <laughs> you. Uh, but we'll put links. We'll put links in the show notes. So if you want to be lazy, you can get there pretty easily from this post. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we want your input as to what was some of your favorite films and records from the year. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the movies that we were yeah. stoked on this year. Dude, Hunt for the Wilder People for me, is the greatest movie of the year. I'm going <laughs> right to, to the top. Talk about it. Do it. Let's right hear it. Right
0: to the top, dude. Uh, if you are a fan <coughs> of Michael Artiti, if you're a fan of uh, just... Dude, it's there's so many things in that movie that are so wonderful to dissect. Sure. Typically, when we get to these moments of, like, dissection of movies, they tend to be either, like, these science fiction epics or horror movies, right? That's what you and I talk about a lot.
1: Uh, I not, would say that's Not fair. expressly,
0: but, I mean, when we get to it and we, we get to the things that resonate with us specifically, it's very rare that the movie does not, like, apply to, like, action movie or whatever, like, horror movies specifically. We talk about it a lot, even though, you know, horror business is for that, but, like, you know, we we love horror movies too.
1: I feel like the horror movie thing is only in October. Okay, that's I don't right feel actually. like we get that into it, but I think genre film is more what we talk about, <laughs> and the only exceptions tend to be like, um, <clears throat> like the Kurosawa episode, or yeah. we've done some talking about like uh, sports,
0: sports films, stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, here's the thing about Hunt for the Wilder People: it is so awesome and. Strangely progressive in its approach to its subject
1: sure, and sure. its
0: story, but the story still remains so lighthearted and fun that to me, there is no other movie that I saw this year that affected me so much. I feel. I mean, like, dude, they never like. There's just so many things about that movie are so perfect. It's so wonderfully shot. It's it sounds beautiful. The storyline is so. Uh, it's I didn't feel it was predictable. I felt that it was. Uh, it was always like pushing and uh, dude Sam Neill is amazing in that movie everybody in that movie is awesome the kid who plays Ricky Johnson, or Ricky Baker is amazing so good dude so good and the thing is like so typically when you have a movie with a fat kid in it they're all gonna make fun of this kid for being fat and it's like not even in the story really
1: the only person who makes jokes about him being fat is the mom. his adoptive mom who yeah. is clearly doing it not out of malice but he as a to way to like because, get to know him yeah, trying to connect with him yeah
0: totally it's, totally dude and just his like Everything from the most <coughs> like minuscule detail, all the minutia of that movie yep. is so good, and I just think Taika Waititi is a gifted director. Um, I I put him up as one of my favorite directors that are new, like uh, him and uh, Richard Ayade, that the dude from the IT Crowd. I think he's an amazing director. Like, I just I don't know that he's done enough
1: for me to have an opinion no, yet.
0: Well, I mean, dude, submarines amazing. The I like Double's Submarine. Amazing. Those are the only two that I know. I don't the know double.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't have, again, uh, with Taika Waititi, it's only three movies. Yeah. But I guess... um, I kind of grouped them together, though, because they are, like, they're pushing film in a way that, like... I guess Waititi's movies have stuck with me more, whereas The Double I really liked when I saw it, but it um, it, it hasn't meant as much to me. Submarine
0: hasn't meant as much to you?
1: No. I mean, I think Submarine is a lot of aesthetic and not a lot there to the movie. Really? Yeah. Whereas, oh, wow. I got to watch it. Home for, for the Wilder People, I've watched three times now. And it's so and cool. Every time I'm like, this movie is amazing. Dude, I dude, saw it it's in so theater twice, each. first off. <laughs> I saw it in the theater twice, and then yeah. I showed it at my campus. I fucking. Got the money together from the school to pay the fucking three hundred eighty dollar licensing fee for that shit. No shit. To show it to a theater of four students. Awesome. But whatever, we showed it and they were like, "That movie was great." Why didn't I hear about that movie? I'm like, because Hollywood is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I was real. I was real pissy about it because of course they liked it. It's a fucking amazing movie. It's yeah, so it's good. It's so good. So bar none, that is my favorite movie. So that's me. your number one. That is my number one. Easily, I'm, I'm, it was almost the easiest question of of this episode. That's crazy. My number one, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Moonlight, Moonlight which I still have not seen. It's funny because I, uh, a few people have sort of, um, uh, I wouldn't say attacked have been like, you know, it's one of those movies that a lot of people really loved and have really been hype over. And if you didn't connect with it, I bet it's real annoying, mm-hmm. you know. And that I see that happen when everyone loves something and you're like, oh, I thought it was kind of boring or oh, I thought yeah. it was kind of whatever. That's
0: how I felt about Rogue One, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rogue One is as good as a lot of people have said. But yeah. uh, we don't need to get into that because I'm, I'm not trying to but And we're going to do another episode on that, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it yeah. at some point. But um, I, I think with Moonlight, it that's my... I hate to put it this way, but I think that's my kind of movie. It's it was um, It was very atmospheric. It was... Poetic in a way. The way that it was filmed was really beautiful to me. Yeah. Um, I thought the performances were unbelievable. I thought the subject was intense, uh, but done really well. Um, I think there's been some controversy around it uh, in that perhaps it is not the uh, most accurate representation of um, everyone's sort of experience as mm. people who are. Uh, attracted to men who are attracted to men, you know, there's Mm -hmm. been some critique of, I don't know if it would be like that. That doesn't feel real. But, uh, you know, it's, while the director, I don't think, I don't think the director is gay. It's based off a play that, you know, is written by someone about their experience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some interpretation there. I don't know. I can't. That's the thing is that like, maybe that's real. Maybe it's not. Everything it could be in that sense, yeah. But I don't know, and I just know about my response to it, which was very positive. Right, right, right. Um, honestly, I might put Hunt for the Little People at number two. Like that's Whoa. how much I love that as well. Um, the list I put up today is not actually ranked. I think I sort of made it seem like it was ranked, but I just put out a list of like uh, twenty-five movies I just really loved. Um, but I really do think. <laughs> Moonlight might be my favorite. Again, this is hard to say because when you say when you do this list thing, uh, a lot of critics yeah. are like, "These are the, the 25 twenty five yeah. best movies," no. and they're in the order of how good they are. Yeah. And I think we're not inclined to do that. We want to highlight these movies because we, we love them, we genuinely care about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard for me to say these are the best because <laughs> who cares what I think? But for uh-huh. me, if you find yourself agreeing with my opinion and other things, I think you will like Moonlight, and Moonlight is powerful. It is uh, a little bit interpretive or whatever, but it's not. It's not abstract. It's a. It sort of walks that line where yeah. it's it's playing with you. It's using the medium in a visual way. Mm. Uh, and I, so I said this before: story, a sort of visceral story that like where you are focused on the plot in a super advanced way. Yeah, it doesn't matter that much to me. Right. The story of Moonlight is very simple, but the way it's told in the film really. Got to me. It really affected I,
0: me. I, I think like a simple uh, a simple story yeah. that is told in an exquisite way. Yeah, it's far more effective to me than like you know than like a Dune <laughs> It's like oh House of Trades and House sure. of Conan and sure. all sort of, sure. like or Game of Thrones like that sure. kind of thing. Yeah? But um,
1: what I else? What are, what other movies did you love?
0: Oh man, Green Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Room's on the top of my list for the year. <laughs> um, that movie was just a bare knuckle siege film, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. It's one of those movies where uh, you can relate. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it's like to feel that way. And uh, it was so effectively shot. And uh, Patrick Stewart's amazing in it. Uh, everybody, Anton Yelchin, also amazing. Rest in peace. But, man, great fucking movie. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. I I, like, when we saw it, we saw it together, didn't we?
1: Yeah. At the Advance. You at the, were at the yeah, screening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, we saw it with Evo, too. And it was just one of those experiences where at the end we were like, woo! Like, just a good time, you know? Yep. I thought that movie was really, really good. Um, I don't know
1: if it's my number two, but again, I'm not
0: I'm not good with putting it in the order.
1: You're right. I can't do it. because I, I mean, it, I can. If I was forced to, I could do it, but it feels so arbitrary yeah, to me. and
0: it feels so like that's what everyone else does. We're right. We
1: do it different. Right. Um, what else? What else? What uh, I really more? liked... Uh, let me see. Where are, let's, let's stick with creepier things. The Witch...
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I got fucking, a witch
1: tattoo after I saw it. I fucking love The Witch. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know that there's much to say about that other than for the folks who are like, Ugh, nothing happened in The Witch, you're a fucking monster. Yeah, it's like, you know what,
0: enjoy whatever movies you enjoy. Yeah,
1: movie. no, go see The <laughs> Faster, Furious, whatever. Oh, you like that. I love the entire Faster, Furious game. Sorry. Uh, I celebrate the entire catalog. Uh, let me highlight some things that you might not have seen that I really love this year. Uh, the Fits. If you haven't seen The Fits yet let me go ahead and lift that up as a movie that I really fucking love. Was it a horror movie? No, The Fits is... Um, uh, I don't know if it's set in Flint, Michigan, but it's like oh, a similar situation. Salon? Yeah, it's a, a young girl. Uh, she goes to this community center regularly with her brother, and he is learning to box, and she's sort of learning to box because he's learning to box. Mm-hmm. But in the same room, there's like a They're not really cheerleaders. It's like a pep team thing, you know? Yeah. And so she's kind of attracted to them because they're so girly and so whatever. But she's like in this tomboy mode. And so the movie's sort of about her transition from this tomboy thing into uh, the more feminine performance dance group. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. The boxing kids, they have a water cooler. So they're drinking that water. The girls who do do pep team, they drink from the house. So then they start having these fits caused by the polluted water. Oh, wow. So the movie sort of takes on this thing where it's like, is she going to have a fit? Or who's going to have – what do the fits mean? It really is, in some ways, kind of reminiscent of like a um, a Salem witch trial sort of story. In the sense that it's about young people and their separation and the experience of being feminine and all that kind of stuff. But it's not just about – it's also about poverty. It's about – sort of black beauty and, and, and Privory, dignity. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, like, political. It's a very personal story, and it's also very visual. It's not, like, super plot-driven, which I is, like I said, something that really appeals to me. Mm-hmm. What about, is there something else you want to oh, yeah. make? We'll, we'll do the kill- back and forth. Yeah.
0: Marvel was killing it this year. Dude, Captain America Civil War came out this year. Um, Doctor Strange came out this year. Both those movies I thought were really fun. Uh, I enjoyed them both very much yeah yeah. not so much for
1: (laughs) no what's weird is um, I like Doctor I actually don't think Doctor Strange is that great I liked it (laughs) but I wasn't like that impressed by it when Civil War came out I was fucking blown away I was like oh Civil War Um, I hadn't really gone back to it I I thought like I'll watch it again before the end of the year I'm sure it'll make it onto my sort of end of year list because I really you know I enjoyed it but uh with some space away, I just didn't care about it. Again, right. not like I can't wait to rewatch Home for the Little People*. I've already watched it three times. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to rewatch like *The Nice Guys*. Or... So that is like your barometer for whether or not you love a movie. It's it I think so. I mean, in the sense that, uh, if does, I does it, Susan
0: ever get on you for watching movies over and over again?
1: I never do. That's the thing. Oh, I, I, I watch I, movies over and over. Again. I like only. So. I well, here's the thing: we don't watch enough movies. Right. We watch. A, we watch a lot of TV. Uh, and so, um, when we do go to watch a movie, it's very rare that I rewatch something. Right. But when I do rewatch something, it's something I really loved. Fair. And so, to me, like I could put Captain America on Civil War on when you leave today, when right. I'm cleaning up down here, I could put it on, and that's fine. But it, I just don't really care about it. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I if I it was awesome. Maybe I if I re- maybe if I rewatch it, I'll care about it. It's just like I said. My list came from. Let me think about some of the movies that like. I thought about. Like I watched right. them, I thought about them. I thought I would watch that in the movie theater again. Whatever, whatever. Um I, I honestly I, I it's not that I don't think Civil War is in its own way like, great. I wonder if I'm just sort of tired of superhero movies. Which and is that, fair, which is fair. I don't know. That might be part of it. I don't know. It's 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 a movie that I liked but I didn't like You didn't love and you didn't like Doctor Strange. You know, Doctor Strange had some really good elements, but uh, yeah, I left, I was kinda like, Well, that was well, that was fine. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It was, it's
0: whatever. Other than the whitewashing of in it and all like the weird, you know, that stuff, like I thought it was a fun movie. I had a good time with it. Sure. Also, uh not important. Not important. But
1: um Go ahead, what? I was high when I watched it. it was great. Oh, you talked about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that helped. I yeah, mean, you did. I kind of wish I had seen it. I think I would have actually been more into it if I had seen it in, like, IMAX 3D. Yeah, we saw it in that movie. I just saw it in normal movie theater. It was uh, fine. Yeah. I, I just don't think the story had as much propulsion as I wanted it to, even though um, aspects of it I really liked. And mm. I, I don't actually like him as Doctor Strange. Like, no. I just think he was kind of... You're, you're not down with the kind. I thought he was kind of charmless. Wow. Wow. Like, I, not that ch- Doctor Strange needs to be like, you know, super charming, but nothing about it really drew me in in his performance. Whereas uh, I liked Mads Mikkelsen as the as the, the, bad guy. the bad guy. He was all right. Um, yeah. I liked. Uh, oh. The other wizard, what is that? Oh, ah,
0: shit! I don't know. It's like one of those movies, like a carb, like it's delicious at the time, but then not really much substance to it.
1: (laughs) I think Civil War, it 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 should get more respect for me because the airport fight scene is one of the best. it's one of the best things that they've been able to do in these movies, and I and I wondered the whole Man
0: thing was so awesome. I just,
1: I just, I there were so many other movies. I'm just looking at like the list I wrote down. And you know what? There aren't that many bigger Hollywood movies on my list. And that's not because like, oh, I don't like those kind of – this, Whatever this year, none of those really connected with me. Right? Yeah. I mean I guess even though it didn't do well financially, Nice Guys is not a, actually a small movie. But it still was not like a big bombastic yeah. – I went and saw all those movies. I, I didn't skip any big movies. Right, I didn't right, skip right. any superhero movies this year. I went and saw those movies, but none of them like – did I leave? Being like that was the best fucking thing.
0: You know, it's funny. Most of the response that I had from a lot of the big, big budget movies of this year have really bummed me out.
1: Yeah, like Batman versus Superman is Batman vs. Pres- Superman Star- uh, fucking bummed me big, out. Big, big apologies to Matt McCracken. He's on the pro Batman versus Superman thing, and like that's cool for you, bro. Like I'm Dude, glad you feel that way. Star Trek that Beyond was, a was piece another of shit. movie that fucked me up. Like I, yeah. I actually had fun with Star Trek Beyond, but I didn't care about it. Like yeah. it was like and that's the problem. Oh, that was all right. And
0: also, in terms of the big budget releases, yeah, one of the weird sleeper hits for me was Neighbors Two this year.
1: I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I hear that I hear that you said that it was pretty good. It is so good
0: good because it's one of those weirdly progressive movies. Sure, that has like so. There are gay jokes in in the movie, Mm -hmm. but it's not about the joke. Isn't that they're gay? It's like part of the the writing of the movie. You know what I mean? And like, it's about a sorority house, right? With uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. And her friends trying to have a good time and all that stuff, and it yeah. just addresses these weird gender issues and all this other stuff in ways that is not pejorative in a, in a way that, that like feels inclusive in terms of what the joke is. Do you Which, think that? Do you think it's one of your faves this year? Yeah, absolutely, That's cool. absolutely. That's cool. That and um, I wanted to like Ghostbusters more. That's another big budget uh, one that kind of fell so flat yeah, no for thank me. You, yeah. But um, I wasn't so into that one as much. What else,
1: what else is on your list for the year? Oh, man.
0: Uh, One More Time with Feeling, the uh, Nick Cave movie. I didn't get a chance to see it. You didn't it. see it. No. Oh, my God. I had, from Jump Street, from opening credits, it starts with Warren Ellis talking about how difficult it is to talk about what Nick Cave is going through. Because for those who know, his son had passed away. Like He, he had an accident. He died. And uh, this whole record and movie is in lieu of a new record and touring, uh, and it's basically grief on display. And it is so brutal, but it incorporates all the music from the new record into it. So there's performance footage in there, Nick Cave singing and all this other stuff, but it's also him and his wife talking about the process of grieving. So the movie is dimensional in a way that is very, very, very rooted in the human experience. Sure. And uh, it's what makes us, I mean, like, you know, you tell people you listen to Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds, they're like, oh, man, that's a dark-ass bro right there. Like, that yeah. dude is, like, miserable. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, any dude in a Cure t-shirt can tell you, like, yeah, t- sometimes you get sick. This movie is a dissection of that sorrow. Sure. In a way that is not at all hackneyed. Is in not at all uh, predictable. Even. Yeah. And it's all very, very real. It's so beautifully shot. Mostly in black and white, except for some of the song sequences. And if you listen to the record, you know how world-changing the experience was for him. And how, um, how watching him and his family, but specifically him, put his life back together through art is amazing. I really want to see it. It's so good, dude. It's, it's so so good. I, I'm gonna add it to my to try to see. My oh movie, my gosh! Honest. What? A, also, it's not for the faint of heart. If you feel a little sad, don't go watch it. Yeah. If you feel um, really sad, and then you watch it, you're gonna end up like really hating everything in life. Another thing on my list
1: that I don't think a lot of people like to see is that movie Little Sister. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, was I did really, not see it. It's it's really 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 good. It's one of those movies that I started watching it. Thinking it was going to be like a low budget horror movie.
0: Is that what it is?
1: No, I know nothing about it. It has no. dark elements to it. Yeah, there's definitely like a, a, some weird stuff that happens. Um, but it is a character. It is a character movie. It is a movie about family. It's a movie about trauma. And yeah. it's a really charming, well written movie. It has some creepy elements to it, but it's not that. That's not what it is. And I. I loved it. It was one of my favorite. It was one of my big surprises like, oh, this is this is here. I'll just watch it. Put it on on like an afternoon yeah. and then got really sucked in. Um, oh, wow. A movie I went on my way to go see that if you haven't seen it, it's I think it might have actually been a 2015 joint, but I didn't get to see it until 2016. A movie called Mustang. Oh, no, that's it. Uh, it's um, a, a movie about five sisters in a uh, patriarchal society and sort of the ways that their family kind of wants to crush their spirit. I think it's from Turkey. Uh, I would definitely say that's something to search out. And then another movie I haven't seen on anyone's list uh, at all. It's a movie called Monroy. No idea. Uh, Vince Castle. Uh, oh. it's sort of him falling in love with someone and then then falling out of love and the difficulty of their relationship. And it's it's weird because it's about it's from the female character's perspective of her loving him, falling in love with him, then getting frustrated with him, with his infidelity, with his whatever. But it it kind of ends on a surprisingly positive note in a way that like, uh, if it wasn't written and directed by a woman, I would be like, Ooh, is there like a weird misogyny thing going on here? But it's more about someone when you're like, Oh, I can't live with this person. We're never going to be together again. But some part of me still is like, that guy you yeah, know and yeah. i think i think if it was i think the reality is that men make movies like that all the time about the the woman who destroyed their life who yeah. they still kind of love a little bit yeah. that's what this movie is but from a female perspective about it wow. That's like vincent castle's character is just like impulsive like he just does what he wants whatever again it, it, it you know if you're someone who is super worried about something being problematic it might be hard mm-hmm. not that he doesn't do anything wrong he doesn't abuse her or anything like that it's not like that but he's just not a good dude but the movie's like uh, even when she fully comes to realize she i mean they they kind of get they're going through their final divorce proceedings and all this stuff but like even when she realizes that he's not really a good dude yeah there's still a feeling that she still kind of appreciates what they did have yeah and i think if you were someone who is just mad like that would not be good. You'd be like, no. "Well, fuck him. Why should I feel that way?" It's like I think it's a it's a very emotionally honest movie in that sense. Right. Um, uh, Demons on my list. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. It's on my to watch list. I really Dude, want to see it. Tell it me about that. is on par with The Witch for me. Wow, is, that's uh,
0: that's saying a lot. It's um the movie is about a traditional wedding in Poland with sure. Jewish people, and um, they want to do it real traditional. But then during the ceremony, the husband gets possessed by a uh, debuk which is a, a Jewish spirit that latches onto you and feeds off of your soul, like uh, in a vampiric kind of way. He gets possessed sure. by, uh, by a, a woman named Hannah, who uh, speaks Yiddish, so suddenly he's speaking Yiddish when he doesn't yeah. know Yiddish. Yeah. Like, but um, the movie is one is such that if you were to think about the themes, the thematic elements of the movie, sure. it's very terrifying on huh. a level. The thesis of the movie is, again, the disappearance of a past. So, it uh, addresses, like, um, just, uh, they want to do a traditional wedding, but then all this weird shit happens. Like, they find a skeleton, he finds a skeleton, uh, skeletal remains of a person on the ground where they want to do the wedding, and when he goes back, it's gone, and all this other stuff, like, and then it also moves to normalize, like, these other strange things in the past, in the present, right? So, uh, there's, like, a, there's one scene where, uh, they're trying to give him medication, and, um, the dude drops, like, the needle or whatever, and then this ghostly child's hand reaches out and gives it back to But then yeah. it doesn't address it, you know? So it sure. kind of normalizes this weird past, right. this weird ghost thing.
1: Sure, sure. And it sure. uses
0: it uses the medium of horror movies in a way that, that's far more thought-provoking than your typical hack-and-slash kind of movie. Yeah. So uh, I thought, visually, it's really, really good. Strong performances all around from the cast and everything. And um, it's one of those movies that, I, even though I just recently saw it, it stayed with me, like, Pretty hard in terms of its implication. So I, I think that movie is really, really awesome. It's definitely on my top of the list. That and Autopsy of Jane Doe is another one. Did you like that one? You you saw it with Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch.
1: I loved it. Um, I don't know why. Again, when I keep saying my list, I like posted a list, so like I'm kind of going off of that. And the two things looking at this list that I feel like I forgot that I'm kind of don't know why I forgot them was How or High Water. Oh which yeah, great. We both movie. really liked. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's...
0: It's, like, weirdly Americana, but updated in a
1: way yeah. that doesn't feel, like, yeah. you know,
0: racist or anything. Like, yeah. It's, you and know, it,
1: and it, it's, I, I guess, some people accuse it of being a little ham-fisted when it comes to the economic stuff. Yeah. But, also, whatever. It's the emotional uh, part
0: of it, I think, is what's really strong. Yeah. Because uh, it, it addresses, like, responsibility, and uh, Chris Klein is just so good in it. I, I, I fucking loved it.
1: And, yeah. But then the other one is Autopsy of Gene Doe, which Ugh. should have gone on my list. I think sometimes I forget horror movies a little bit, even though there are horror movies on my list. It's just that one I was kind of, like, not thinking about it. But um, it's so fucking good. It's yeah, it's, it's so good. It's, it's, it's one of the few movies that's actually left me feeling genuinely scared. Yeah, I mean, I think it maintains a, a level of menace that it's hard for a lot of movies to do, and it's not j- jump-scare heavy. No. There, no. Are, there are a couple of them, but they're done in a very effective way. So
0: one of the most terrifying parts of the movie is the jingling of the bell. Yeah. Dude, so great, right? So good. Yep. The use of a song. I typically don't like the use of uh, like a weird old song to denote horror, but right. dude, the use of the, the Let the Sunshine In song in that movie, so good. Yep. So good, and I, just, Brian Cox's performance is really great. And him playing with Emil Hirsch as his
1: son, like yeah. the both of them together, were just so good. Yep, yeah. such a great movie. That's one of those. There's a few genre movies that played at festivals, and I didn't get to go to any festivals this year. But I got a few screeners, so I didn't. I you know, me and Justin went to see a, a screening of that. That wasn't related to a festival. Right. but a lot of people saw it at Fantastic Fest. A couple movies I saw because of screeners from festivals that I want to just recommend if you have a chance is uh women who kill uh, what is that it's a, a movie about two ex lovers two women who they used to be together now they're not but they have a podcast they host together about female serial killers Wow um, as uh, when, because they're broken up one of the women starts to date someone new and she begins to suspect that her new girlfriend might be a serial killer whoa and I won't ruin it for you. Whether she that is sounds amazing, yeah. then um, uh, uh, the Love Witch, which I get yeah, to is a screener of, highly re- highly recommend if you are into sexploitation movies because it's a perfect homage, but it modernizes it in some really fun weird ways that is really cool. And then uh, we are the Flesh, which is probably funny enough. When you talked about it, you said it was one of the most disturbing movies ever seen. It is weirdly in a year in which I watched. The eyes of my mother. <laughs> we are the Flesh is the most disturbing movie I wow. saw this year. Um it's just a it's a cinematic achievement. I might not watch I, You said that I value things and rewatchable, and I do, except for when it comes to disturbing movies. I you will probably I'll yeah, you know, like I've never watched um I've never watched um oh, who cares? I can't remember what it is. <laughs> We are the flesh, I'll never watch it again, but Maybe I will, but I probably will not want to watch it again, but it's really good. Right. Or, you know, kind of like The Tribe. I haven't gone back to The Tribe, which I really love for Fantastic Fest, but it's amazing. It was amazing. So, yeah. I just want to lift those up.
0: Another um, movie that came out in 2015, but I didn't see until March of this year, was uh, Embrace of the Serpent.
1: Yeah, I, that's a, that's on my list to see. I really want to watch it. No. Oh my god, dude. It was on my list from last year, and then it just slipped through the cracks, and I forgot yeah. about it. I don't
0: think it got a domestic release until March this year, though.
1: Uh, it played in theaters, though. Did it? It did short runs all over the place, and oh. it kept being like, oh, I want to go see it, and then I dude, didn't go
0: see it's it. It's so, so good. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's on Netflix now. Yep. Um, it's called from, I think, uh, it, it's just this weird juxtaposition about um, these uh, explorers are going through the Congo, I believe. Yeah, and they're trying to find a particular flower that would create a medicine that would save a dude but it's also like uh, it's just a weird juxtaposition of modernism with uh, keeping with uh, traditions, ancient, and uh, it's so beautifully shot in black and white but then the, dude, the ending of that movie is just so brilliant it's such a wonderful, wonderful movie and um, it's on Netflix now so if you haven't had a chance to see it I definitely suggest you taking some time to watch it because it's so good so
1: good. I feel like uh, this is one of those years, and I said this to other people because when I said, uh, I, I, I mentioned that Rogue One wouldn't be in my top ten, people were like, right. how could it not be in your top ten? You're like, saying you saw so many good movies. I year. saw so many fucking good movies this year. So yeah. I'm saying that to say we could talk all night about. We really could,
0: about what we like this year. Is there
1: anything else you want to highlight, though? Because I feel like we could probably wrap it up. I mean, uh, there's some obvious ones. I don't know. Did you see Manchester by the Sea? I did not that's the one everyone's talking about. They're not wrong. It's good. I really like The Handmaiden as well. Oh, I, thought, I still haven't seen The Handmaiden. I thought that was really great. I also didn't see Train to Busan yet. Did you watch that? I did. It's not a top movie for me. It's. Uh, like I didn't like the end. I thought the uh, ending... Ugh. It's hard with a horror movie because when you say you don't like the end, that could ruin a movie for you. Right. It didn't ruin the movie for me. But the first 45 minutes is so strong. Yeah, that, that end, is, just the end, end is, is a little overly dramatic to me and, and I, it's the sort of movie where I posted this on Letterboxd most people ignore me on Letterboxd I posted yeah. really like the beginning but the end was kind of dumb this dude fucking went at me on really? Letterboxd like, like he wasn't mean but he just was very passionate and I was yeah. like I didn't have the heart to be like bro I don't care <laughs> like and again because he wasn't mean if he had been mean I might have gotten saucy he was being very respectful but he just was strongly disagreeing and I'm like the movie didn't draw enough out in me mm-hmm. to care enough yeah. to argue with you about this. Right, I just don't agree. I mean, it's fine. It was fine. Uh, it's like I said, super effective in the beginning. I just found the ending kind of corny, just kind of <laughs> silly. Like it's fine. It's, it is whatever it is. But right, 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 right. Um, Anything else you want to put up though that that you feel as though deserves our attention from the year? No, that I mean a lot of a lot of great movies come out we came out. We mentioned a bunch. Um, I guess. You know, we could get into arguments probably. There were some controversial ones I liked. Like, a lot of people didn't like Hail Caesar. Oh, I um, love Hail Caesar. Yeah, that's yeah, on my list too. That's a lot of people didn't like Neon Demon. A lot of people didn't like Midnight Special. Who didn't
0: like Midnight Special?
1: A bunch of people thought it was corny. I, I loved it. Everybody Wants Some. Like, oh, I didn't see Everybody Wants Some. The, 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 the true god, Tony Herba, was yelling at me on my Facebook <laughs> because he hated Everybody Wants Some. Which <laughs> is like, I, what am I going to say? Like, Tony Tony Herba, er, uh, I love every band you've ever done. But I like everybody wants them. Like, we, <laughs> what am I going to say? And he hated it. He was, like, real, like, no, nah, man, that was a piece of shit. Wow.
0: So, which is great. Like, Yeah, we are no authorities. Also, keep in mind, even though we have our own podcast on movies, we are no authorities on what's good and what isn't. You know what
1: gives us the right to say? We sat and a room and recorded this shit.
0: Fucking right. And that's it. That's, that's all it is. That's
1: it. But we don't think, and again, these are what we liked. If you yeah. liked, if you're like, why isn't uh, fucking um, pop star never stop, never stopping? Why isn't that on the list? I love that movie. It just
0: wasn't...
1: I didn't uh, love it know, enough. You know, for you Keanu. So, I, I love Keanu a lot. <laughs> but again, it was just a year of... If I was going to make the comedies of the year, yeah, Keanu's like my number five comedy. But, right. you know, for me, comedies are very light things that I don't hold in the same steam. And it's not fair to comedies. It's just yeah, that's no. how I respond to movies. I, I like to feel something a little darker. Whereas, I'll Sad. probably... Yeah, but I'll tell you what, am I going to watch, like I really loved I Am Not a Serial Killer. Am I going to put on Keanu or I Am Not a Serial Killer if I'm like, you know, just hanging out around the house? I'm going to put on Keanu. Yeah, I like that I Am Not a Serial Killer, but I need to be invested in that movie. Right, 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 right. I like movies that require me to pay attention to them and not do other things, Uh but I don't watch them all the time. (laughs) I like them. I really enjoy them. It's kind of like how I really love, I really love hardcore. I also really love sad bastard music. And sometimes I don't want to listen to any of those things do I don't want to put on a Trap Call Quest. Like, that's yeah. just, you know, you have different things that you enjoy. No, uh, trust me, I get so. it, man.
0: As much as I've loved hardcore my entire life, I only have more seat tattoos. So, no, that's fair. You tell me.
1: Also, you're a weirdo. But yes, that's also true. Also true. Um, so we're going to wrap up here. Uh, is there anything we wanted to highlight before we finished up? Any shows you want uh, to uh Yeah, January 6th, Solarized is playing at the
0: SEIU Union Hall on Spring Garden Street. Very cool. It is a anti-Trump rally, and uh, I believe we are going to be playing to protest the inauguration. And uh, it's us and a bunch of other weird non-traditional bands I'm into that playing at a union hall on Spring Garden. That's really great. I don't even know what that's about. I don't no idea. know how we got that show. Uh,
1: someone Alex knew put us on there, so hey, come rage. You know, know, it, I'm, I'm gonna try to come out if yeah, you, uh, man, that'd be so great. It's if, a Saturday, so if you're you know, if you're one of our Patreon backers and you're trying to get your guaranteed hug or high five, that dude, would be a good place to
0: do it. A very likely place where you can get both of those things. Yep. From both of us. Yep. Um. So that's coming up next week. I got fucking Hot Snakes are playing. My man John Reese, very cool. Um. Uh, and uh, Mario Rubicabla, all the dudes from Rocker from the Crypt, and the James the Froberg guy from uh, Drive Like Jehu. Yep. Uh, they're playing Underground Arts, which is going to be pretty dope. And then uh, Dan Gross and I and Milani are going to go see Dag Nasty on the thirtieth. Oh, that's cool. So you know, Dag Nasty is awesome. Dan Gross is awesome. Um. That's a pretty good week right there. Yeah.
1: pretty good week. My uh, my daughter's coming soon, so I don't have it that much <laughs> I'm committed to. But I will say uh, uh, our friends at Exhumed are holding a benefit screening of uh, Deadly Spawn yeah. and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So that uh, benefit screening, I think it's January 16th, but you can find out on their website, exhumedfilms.com, um, or their Facebook. Uh, you should check that out, and also anything Zoomed is doing, uh, make an effort. Yeah, because it's, it's all awesome. Yeah, they're the best. So, so keep an eye out. We're gonna be posting some more new Patreon stuff. We're gonna start recording some exclusive Patreon stuff, um, and we're also hopefully gonna have some new shows. Yeah. and okay. some new features. So again, if if you uh, ever need anything from us, Cinepunks at Gmail. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Download our download numbers are what we get the most for, right. and just tell your friends. Like this is a really a word of mouth thing. So the more that you tell people about us, the more that uh, we can grow and hopefully do some more cool stuff for you. Yeah.
0: So as we close out 2016, I uh, just want to say deeply, uh, deeply held respect and thanks to everybody who supported us over the years. Yep. And uh, thank you to Liam for uh, stay, sticking with me. Oh, no. uh, because I love you, man. Thank you. You're Josh. one of my best friends in mine oh, just, I love you so much. So you know, and uh, it just makes me feel good that we can work together and create a thing that yeah. exists before us. Yeah. That, and they, uh, thanks to everyone who's been a part of that too, who's yeah. contributed in some way. Thanks to Evo, to Mikey uh, uh Mikey Smack. Just say his name. No, right. I won't. He doesn't like it. Um, Megan, um, everybody, Megan yeah. Kelly, everybody who's Justin uh,
1: Lord, Joseph Tracy yes.
0: Doug Tilly. Everybody who's had a hand in uh, creating yep. this. This is uh this isn't about me and Liam. It's about everybody and so, uh,
1: all the different podcasts who've shown us love and go yeah, check out their key, stuff.
0: Um, yeah,
1: Nerd's and Nostalgia posts yeah. about us a lot, and uh, so we love you guys. And, Eric uh, Roberts is the fucking man, dude. And uh, also to my brothers in
0: Solarize, to all my peoples yep. in uh, Cross Keys, yep, and uh, Only Glory, yep. um, you know, I don't know. Hey, everybody, we love you. We love you guys so much. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next year. Yep.